0: Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast. I'm meteorologist Kirsty Zantini. And I'm meteorologist
1: McCall Vridags. This is a podcast all about weather. We are two broadcast meteorologists in Dayton, Ohio. And we just can't stop talking about weather. So when we're not on TV, we
0: figured why not jump behind the mic to answer your weather questions and talk about all things meteorology.
1: Now remember, you can listen to Cloudy with the Chance of podcast anytime you want on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and on whio.com. Now this is our first podcast, Christy. Yeah. I'm so super excited. <laughs> You've been the brainchild of this, and I think it is really a great idea. And we discussed what we would talk about, and we agreed that we should start out a little bit talking about so, mm-hmm. people that aren't from the Miami Valley and are listening elsewhere uh, can know a little bit more about us. So, why don't yeah. you start? Okay. Um, so, yes. Hello. I'm Kirsty Zantini. Uh, McCall and I are
0: both meteorologists here in Dayton, Ohio. Um, I went to Ohio University. I studied meteorology and broadcast journalism there. I then studied meteorology through Mississippi State as well. My first job was in Youngstown, Ohio. I got to do some reporting and I got to do weather on the weekends. And then I started in Dayton about four years ago, um, transitioned to morning, which mm-hmm. I'm a weirdo. I wake up uh, <laughs> every day around 1230 in the morning and uh, my day starts when a lot of people are sleeping.
1: Yeah. And let me just say a little bit about Kirsty is like one of of the friendliest people I've ever known oh. in my life. And I want to bring this story up and I hope it doesn't embarrass you because it's my favorite story of you. Oh, um I had been working here a year before Kirsty came and the very first time I met her she just was full of joy, ran over and gave me a hug and I was like <laughs> We're going to be the best of friends.
0: (laughs) And I do think it's special. Um, You know, this is kind of a male dominated industry, uh, especially weather. So we are very lucky to be two women working together. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for a lot of females that might be a little shy to continue with math and science, Uh, if you're into it. Keep sticking with it. Yeah. We did. And, and I couldn't be happier.
1: Yeah. And sticking with it, I think that's like the story of my life. Mm-hmm. I um, am from the Hudson Valley, New York. I won't say upstate because, or, or downstate, really, because it <laughs> depends on where you live in New York. Uh, but basically, I live uh, 60 miles north of New York City. That's where I was born and raised. I eventually went to college at SUNY Oswego, which is a state school in New York. Mm-hmm. And it's located on Lake Ontario. So you and I have like that yeah. understanding the lake <laughs> affects snow. Uh, from there, I got a bachelor's degree in meteorology, but had no uh, experience in front of the camera. Unlike Kirstie's school, we didn't really have... Have the you know go-between mm-hmm. for for weather and television. Now, we did have a TV station there, but I was so consumed with soccer at the yeah. time. Um, I was playing soccer all year and um, was enjoying that. But when I left college, I didn't have broadcasting experience, so I did wind up getting a job at a local radio station, which um, I did board ops, and they let me do 30-second weather hits, which was, like, my favorite part of the day. Side, also-
0: side note as well, McCall is running the board right now. Yes. So and- she's pretty impressive behind uh- (laughs)
1: Our operation board keeping us going. Yeah. And I'm so comfortable. It's like going back 10 years. And then I also did a newspaper layout. I eventually went to Connecticut School of Broadcasting, which allowed me to get an internship at a local TV station near where I grew up. And got hired to do run the board for the Mm -hmm. audio for the newscast. And then during my dinner breaks, got in front of the green screen and just like practice, 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 and eventually got in front of the camera. So, you know, it took me a while to get there, but you know, it took
0: us both. We both kind of had interesting (laughs) paths getting to uh, where we are at today, but as I mentioned, really lucky that we're working together. We call ourselves Weather Sisters, yes. which might be kind of odd, but uh, McCall truly is more than a co-worker to me. She is my family. Yeah. Um, she has her own family, an
1: adorable daughter named Gia. Yes. I'll let her
0: brag about Gia briefly because she's just the cutest part of the Weather Center.
1: <laughs> yeah, Gia's one years old now. Uh, she turned one in October, and um, we are just over the moon with her, and she was... From the beginning, uh, you know, a dramatic baby. She, she has definitely reincarnated me for personality-wise. Yes. But if you were to see a photo of her, which I post on social media all the time, she is the spitting image of my husband. Of her father. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, so that's just a little bit about us. Yeah. Of course, I'll, also, I have my husband, Corey. Yeah, we love um, Corey. We love Corey. Uh, he is a Cincinnati boy, born and raised. So working here in Dayton, uh, he has showed me the ropes of being in Uh, Southern Ohio, Mm -hmm. which is different than Cleveland, which is where I grew up. So um, yeah, that's just a little bit about McCall and I. So let's get into the weather part of this podcast, um, which for us is something that we of course, love talking about on television. Um, This podcast kind of stemmed from McCall's idea of doing Facebook Lives, Mm -hmm. which if you are in the Miami Valley or outside of the Miami Valley, we both have um, Facebook pages. We're very active on them. And it's a way for us to kind of talk about some interesting topics and answer questions. So we've kind of transitioned some of those ideas that we get through Facebook Lives. And that's what we wanted to touch more on here in this podcast and we want to talk a little bit more about some long-range things that usually on broadcast TV, I mean, we only get two minutes yeah. and 30 seconds, so you we can't, can't really get too in-depth. Yeah, depth. we can't really dig deep. But uh, February, especially in the Miami Valley and Dayton, the Dayton region, um, you know, it's a transition month for us in Ohio. It's always very interesting to start phasing out of, you know, the hardcore winter and into what could be more spring-like setup Um, And McCall and I were kind of looking at some long-range models before we started the podcast. And it is definitely signaling that the core of the cold is Mm -hmm. in the West. Yep. And the Eastern U.S. is in for some warmer than normal weather.
1: And that means the potential for a lot of rainfall.
0: Yes, which... You know, this week, this is Valentine's Day week here that we're recording this. uh, It is a lot of rain in the Miami Valley Mm -hmm. that we're tracking. Um, You know, it's one of those systems where we get that good southwesterly flow. And we have just seen our temperatures skyrocket from what should be the uh, mid to upper 30s Mm -hmm. to the 60s.
1: Yeah. And and for us, we've been discussing this, you know, it, it... brings about the idea of starting to transition our minds from winter to spring Mm -hmm. and spring thinking because there are so many different components in the environment that change once you start to get into those warm weather patterns and things that we have to start to look out for and it is this time of year no matter where you live when you start to do that transition from the cold season to the warm season that's when you start to see that active uh, thunderstorm and severe weather threat. Exactly. And, um, you
0: know, our severe weather awareness week, I'm pretty sure is coming up soon Mm -hmm. in March. So, you know, that forces everyone to really get ready to talk about severe weather, but, Um, And I would
1: suggest uh, that uh, find out when your local National Weather Service is doing their train spotter uh, trainings. I know that locally there are uh, half a dozen, dozen that are coming up over the next month and a half. Mm -hmm. And this actually allows you to become part of the weather team uh, in your local area. Yep. You don't have to be in the Miami Valley again. Just find out where your National Weather Service is having a trained spotter and basically what happens is they teach you what to look out for. Yes. Um then it, you kind of get credentials with them yeah. so that you can report what's happening where you are and we use you as a trusted source. Yeah. And it's very possible that you telling the National Weather Service what's happening will help us uh on TV to uh, tell the public what's going on.
0: Exactly. And I know, you know, this isn't just for Dayton, but for our Dayton natives that are listening, um, Saturday the 21st is going to be the advanced spotter class Mm. here in the Miami Valley. That's February 21st. Yes.
1: What? Oh, yeah, yeah, February February 21st. 21st. (laughs) I just want to make sure (laughs) that, yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, we're definitely going to have, you know, I think an active start maybe to severe weather season, just kind of looking at how things signal for us. Um, Another thing that was kind of interesting that McCall and I uncovered was how active our Valentine's Day can be. Yes, And uh, we are coming off of Valentine's Day. It was, uh, you know, we're recording this podcast the day after Valentine's Day. Mm. And uh, we've had some pretty decent snowstorms actually in the past.
1: Yeah, and uh, our chief meteorologist, Eric Elwell, wrote a whole article about this uh, that went in the Dayton Daily News on Tuesday, February 12th, Mm -hmm. I believe the date, or 13th, should I say. Um, Of course, if you don't live locally and you don't have a copy of the newspaper, you can look it up online um, for the Dayton Daily News, and the headline was, Valentine's Day Has History of Storms. And I'm just going to read a little bit of his article because I think that he does a very good job. Um, He says, while we may get a little taste of spring fever during Valentine's Day, which we are seeing uh, this February has been known to be rough or February storms, Uh, 15 years ago, a storm that rivaled the great blizzard of 78. And for us in the Midwest, that is a big, huge snowstorm that developed across the Rockies. In 2003, we had what was called the Valentine's Day weekend storm. It was actually like two systems that came together and dropped over a foot of snow in the Miami Valley. That was just one year.
0: Yeah, we had other years. 2007 was another really big year in the Miami Valley for a Valentine's Day storm. Um, We had some cities, especially in our northern, near northern Ohio, that uh, picked up a foot of snow, Mm -hmm. which, you know, Don't get us wrong, we're Ohio, of course we get snow, but a foot of snow from one system is a big deal. So 2007 was a very active year. Also, they had um, some very strong uh, winds as well with that system, 45-mile-per-hour gusts, so they dealt with blizzard-like conditions, Um, So that was really active, and uh, 2016 as well
1: Yeah, was probably the most
0: recent year that people remember, I'm going to assume.
1: Yeah, and that wasn't even necessarily a ton of snow that we got, but we had a very fluffy snow, Mm -hmm. and then we had winds that were gusting, I believe, as high as 50 miles an hour um, on Valentine's Day, and that created blowing snow, we had snow squalls, and then... uh, Unfortunately, there were a ton of pileups on the interstate, which shut down Interstate 70 in Indiana, as well as in parts of Ohio. Um, And it was a deadly wreck. So those are things that we deal with in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you could see it anywhere, though. Northeast, I know I grew up there, that those nor'easters get pretty intense uh, blizzard conditions. They had a blizzard earlier on in the winter this year.
0: Exactly. So um, yeah, so just sometimes we like to look back if we have some interesting historical facts about the Miami Valley. And for us, it was our Valentine's Day snowstorms. So we always like to um, talk about not only the atmosphere, but also Mm -hmm. what's going on in space and the night sky and the morning sky, and uh, something that was really uh, cool that one of our also fellow teammates, meteorologist Brett Collar, had written about earlier this week for us um, was a solar storm that occurred. And I think it was probably a little scary for people to hear solar storm, Mm -hmm. but I mean, McCall, these are... Fairly common as long as they're not getting into some intense strength. This one was pretty weak, but it was very interesting.
1: Yeah, it was a, I believe it was a G1 mm-hmm. grading, yep. which puts it in that minor category. And we looked it up about a, a little more than 150 solar storms happen a year. They may not necessarily always be directed towards our planet, yes. but they do happen. And basically uh, how this all... Evolves is there is all this magnetic energy within the sun, and eventually it's just too much that it forces itself out in a form of a solar flare, and we've mm-hmm. seen lots of video of these yeah. solar flares. And when that flare happens or the eruption, it's called in a coronal mass ejection, it sends photons and um, particles out into space. Mm -hmm. Now, if the solar flare is pointed towards Earth, there's the potential that it's going to bring a solar storm to our area, our planet, should we say. (laughs) And um, typically what happens is we wind up seeing something called the northern lights when it meets up with our magnetic fields around the planet. This time around, yeah, it was a little bit stronger than, you know, we talk about typically. But, again, minor grade. And, you know, there was conversation about it having impacts on satellites, Mm -hmm. uh, a little fluctuation with the power grids.
0: I didn't see much. No, I didn't see any reports of anything that. that was
1: major. And for us locally, we didn't get to see the northern lights. No. So there was like an upside and a downside for it being a little bit stronger. It would have produced northern lights a little bit further south into the mid-latitudes, which gives us in the Ohio Valley a better chance of seeing northern lights. Um, But, of course... We, you know, it didn't work out. For yeah, it didn't work. We had cloudy skies and it happened around sunrise. Right. But we did see lots of photos coming in yeah. through the Internet. It's always neat, uh, you know, when when these do occur
0: and then and you get photos uh, out of Michigan where they can mm-hmm. have like really clear, crisp view over yeah. the lake of of the northern lights. So that was really um, kind of a, a cool thing to talk about this week yeah. um, that had occurred. And another thing that I like to always keep my eye to the sky for is uh, visible planets because mm-hmm. most people look up and they think it's stars. And if you actually look really closely, if it's not twinkling, chances are it's a
1: planet. Yeah. And it's usually really bright yes. compared to the other stars.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So stars will look dim and they'll they'll kind of be twinkling and fluctuating, but a planet will shine very bright and very steady. Um, so February was a decent month for us to see planets. I think the next time that we're going to be able to see that is going to be um, February 6th. 16, so if you're listening to this afterwards, sorry, yeah. but if you do get that chance, uh, Venus is going to become another planet now that becomes more prominent in our sky. Um, looking ahead then to March, we get actually two full moons in the month, which so is always So that means fun. a blue moon. A blue moon, yeah. So the first full moon will be right in the beginning of the month, and then the second full moon, which is referred to as a blue moon, um, occurs at the end of the month. So the beginning and end of March will have that real beautiful, big, bright full moon. Hopefully we have clear skies. And then and uh, we actually get kind of gypped on meteor showers. February mm-hmm. and March don't really have any major meteor mm-hmm. showers. The next one, though, will be the Leard meteor shower, April 22nd through the 23rd. So, you know, we'll bring updates closer as that yeah. comes along in terms of marking your calendars. But um, definitely worth marking your calendar now for the end of April.
1: Yeah. And if you are looking ahead and wanting to know what, happens later on in the Mm -hmm. months we have a um page on our website yes com. if you were to click on the weather tab there is a section that's sky witness seven yep um that kirstie and i helped to develop yeah because kirstie is our little astronomer on the team (laughs) um but we wanted to be able to put all this stuff on there that's you know other than weather like what's going on in the sky and we've got a glossary so if you hear uh terms that you don't know what they Mm -hmm. are we've got a glossary there we've got a list of all the meteor showers we have for the year videos as well of upcoming things and then a countdown to the next active event which is the is it the leered yep yep and that'll happen at the
0: end of april so um really really uh, a good resource if you are a fan of, of doing some stargazing with the family Um, we kind of want to wrap this up with a teachable moment, Mm -hmm. which is going to be something that hopefully we continue to do with our podcast. One of the questions we got a lot of um, during the Facebook Live that we had done was talking about snow ratio Mm -hmm. or people always wondering when we get a big rain event, how much snow would it be? Yeah. Uh, Of course, we know that it's never going to be a perfect equation. But when uh, we are forecasting snow as meteorologists, we look at First of all, a typical 10 to 1 ratio, which means mm-hmm. if you were to melt down 10 inches of snow, you'd get 1 inch of liquid water. Of course, as I mentioned, it's not perfect because there are different setups, yes. right? So like If it's really cold, McCall,
1: then you know, we're getting like a drier snow. The snowflake may not be as large, which Mm -hmm. means it's not going to be as fluffy. Um, And then sometimes when you would like to have all that moisture, of course, it comes with some warmer weather Mm -hmm. typically. Yeah. Um, So even if it could create a larger snowflake, it may have a, a more packing type of component to it, meaning it won't fluff up as high. Yeah. So it's getting that perfect, you know, median of having. Enough moisture and the cold air in place. Honestly, I've only really seen things like that uh, with the lake effect snowfall, right? Because you are getting the moisture from the lakes Mm -hmm. with the cold air, so that allows that snowflake (laughs) to be, yeah, literally snow machine in in the same spot for a really long time. And then nor'easters, yes. Um, You know, they ride up the east coast, and there's usually a thin line where that rain mixes and changes over to snow. And usually, right when you get north of that. section you can get a good snow band with some very high snow ratios
0: So uh, another thing, too, that's always interesting about snow ratio is sometimes that can also blow a forecast. Mm -hmm. Um, So as I mentioned, usually we start with the base of 10 to 1, 10 inches of of snow would melt down to one inch of water. Um, But if you're not paying really close attention to uh, the cold air that you may have in place or the warm air, then you can get different numbers. So, um, you know, if you're not really factoring in that the atmosphere is going to be really cold and you should be using a 20 to 1 snow ratio, then you could below those forecasts or a five to one which means there's a lot of moisture so the flake as you had mentioned is going to be kind of compactable and melty mm-hmm. then you would use a five to one ratio instead of a ten to one so snow ratio is really important as meteorologists we mm-hmm. focus in on it a lot because it can help or hurt a forecast when it comes to snow totals
1: yeah and if you're also not even paying attention to what air mass is in place before it gets here yep. we've seen plenty of times where we didn't or I will say for myself, didn't realize how dry the air was yes. before a system got here. And it literally just eats away mm-hmm. at that initial wave of snowfall. And if you weren't factoring that in, you may have thought just that you were going to get a yeah, blue inch of, <laughs> of snow and, and our, in our area, you know, because we don't get, uh, you know, six plus inches of yeah, snow every time it normal. snows, yeah. you know, when you're forecasting, three inches and then you only get one I mean yeah that it does tend to feel like a big difference but you know some spots that normally get 10 to 12 inches they're not complaining if it's 13 rather exactly. than 11.
0: So, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, this was once again the first podcast, yes. the first cloudy with a chance of podcast. And uh, hopefully, you keep listening.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, check out our Facebook lives that we do. We're going to try and do them once a month. They're called Weather Wednesday. Post your questions in there because we're going to, you know, pick some for our teachable moments. Um, also, if you go to our bios on whocom you can find our email addresses. You can send us questions questions there as well if you're having difficulty finding our weather wednesday facebook live remember you can always listen to cloudy with a chance of podcast anytime you want on apple itunes google play stitcher and on whio.com join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of 15,178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland four xe or summit four xe